Hey, Rob, what's up? Hey, dude, I'm a. Uh, you got a second? What? What's going on? What's this, up? Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling. I had to call you. I'm just. I'm not feeling good since the breakup. It's. It's kind of. Yeah, it's getting it's, to me, it's man. It's bad. Yeah, I just. Yeah, these. You know, these things take time, man. You know, I, it's it's tough getting over. I know. I just didn't think it was going to be this t- tough. Like I knew it was going to be tough, and but I thought like it'd be nice. Like I get out there, maybe I would meet new people and and try new things, and you know. And now you miss it. You yeah. Miss it. Yeah, dude. Like seriously, I didn't think I. I You're really missing that place. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of days were great. Trying bagel places, going to shawarma places I haven't been to in a while, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, there are plenty of sandwiches out there. You know, I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna work out. This is gonna be okay. Look, you're doing the good. You're doing a good thing, Rob. You're getting back out there. But this that's is the thing. Positive step. I know it sounds positive, but that's exactly the thing. I feel like I'm out there and I'm trying to eat <clears throat> sandwiches, but honestly, it's not the same. It's like, it's just, it's mixing yeah, that. <laughs> Rob, Rob, listen. The other place, you had a long history there. You had history with this place. You're comfortable there. I promise you. I bet. I'm telling you, there are other bodegas with delicious sandwiches. You just got to find it. So it's it's not like I I didn't just blow it with my one and only. No, Wait, what are you crazy? Just wait till you make those you know little tweaks at the new place you're eating at, or become friends with the employees. I know you love becoming friends with the employees and the waitresses and the counter people. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I meet new people what? and some. Some of these new places, they don't even yeah. have minimums. Like, they're not being a bunch exactly. of fucking... Yeah. There you, there right. you go. You're you know good what? now. I needed this. Thanks, buddy. Well, of course. All right. I'm going to go I'm gonna go get myself some lunch right now. This was good. I appreciate this. Thank you. you. Get back out there. I'm going to do it. back out. I'm getting back out there. Run your mouth, bitch. Yo, we out of our minds. Break the run your mouth. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth Podcast. I apologize for last week's blunder, and uh, I admire the faith in you guys having this show, that despite us putting out an episode that included us talking about content that was going to get cut in and then didn't get cut in and cross-talk and just talking about phones that weren't working, you guys were all just like, well, that's them doing their thing. And um, that was cool, you guys. Not one person emailed... People emailed us to go, hey, I like this joke. They hit us up about, you know, things in the episode they liked and nobody thought to say, hey, you, you seem to have missed some edits. So I appreciate you guys. And apparently I didn't give you enough credit for how weird you will let us get with this. And so I just want to say thank you. I apologize for the blunder and kind of worked out in your favor. I had I had a masterpiece planned in my head. I was going to be splitting that into two episodes. That whole thing was going to get jigsawed, move around. You guys really don't want to hear about this, but I'm just telling you in my head, I had a masterpiece planned. And uh, in the end, I, I guess that one became its own episode, which is back up, digitally remastered, uh, made some of the fine tunes, put some of the things in that were supposed to be there and going to leave it as is. And now you got an entirely fresh new episode, unedited, raw, unfiltered, Exactly the way you like it. Nothing cut in, just recorded all in one sitting with uh, everybody here and present. So I hope you guys appreciate it because that's that's what you guys like. Uh, is 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 uh, this where I'm supposed to cut in? Hi, hi everybody. Uh, I'm the new audio editor around here. Um, just here to make sure that there's no weird issues like last week that happened. Just clean everything up, you know, make sure it's uh, nice and smooth. I also um, bring some new ideas to the table. Like I thought maybe. 
we could play some cool tunes in the background uh, while the podcast was going on. Like this week, we'll listen to Bach because, uh, you know, his name's Bernstein and, uh, you know, bees and stuff. So, um, all right, that's it for me. Uh, thanks. Thanks for all that. Let's, uh, let's get back to the show. Back, back. Um, now I was talking, uh, you know, out of my ass, which is the basically where I get all my information. And I was talking, we were talking a little bit about uh, abortion on the part of the problem podcast. And I was saying, rather than legislation, this, that, or the other thing, I bet that there's some technological developments that we could implement that would let women know early on, hey, you're pregnant, you got to get rid of this thing. I bet, like, there's probably some version of a watch that people are going to be able to wear at some point in time that just measure, hey, you know, your cunt levels are a little higher than normal. It'll be that simple. It, believe me, they're going to figure that shit out. And I was talking about that I believe that there's a uh, thing you could just plug into your phones. It can monitor stuff. Anyways, you guys out there, you're more intelligent than I am. You emailed me about a couple products that actually existed, which is making me think, it, you know, if someone looked far enough up my ass, they might find the answers to the world's problems. I'm telling you, there's, there's good insights up there. We just needed to get someone who's going to, you know, root around a little bit more. First story I want to talk about is Robert Kraft seems to be just getting off the hook. Totally off the hook. They're not going to let out the the tape, which is a little bit disappointing. I don't think he's uh, going to get prosecuted in any way. And this is one of those just great examples of, you know, how free this country really is. If any of us had gotten busted, you know, we would have just felt, we would have seen the full force of the law, the penalties, the prosecutors, and it just would have worked out in their favor. But all of a sudden, you get someone who can actually afford to push back and go, even though he's busted, you know, red-handed or whatever the better pun might be, um, he's going to get off. You know why? Because he can actually afford to push back. He can afford to have good lawyers. Um, and that's, a, to me, a tragedy of what the justice system is. That's not pursuing justice, that if you have enough money that you can push back, then those are the people that get off against, you know, essentially, you call it a tyrannical government. They're just, if they can prosecute you, they will. They're not really looking for truth or for justice. It's just, if they can prosecute you, they will. And if they can't, because you actually have enough money to push back, they won't. Uh, reminds me of uh, a Charles Murray book. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the one that was the, the least racist. <laughs> but he had this uh, really interesting theory. He called it the Madison, I think it was the Madison Fund. or the, Yeah, I think it was called the Madison Fund, which was basically a fund that would work like uh, almost like insurance policies, like the way life insurance works, that if you got sued uh, or the EPA or any branch of the government was coming after your business, you'd be able to, the fund would cover your legal costs to counter sue the government and by his math if everybody could afford to basically go to court against the government the government actually wouldn't be able to afford to prosecute us over petty shit they would leave businesses alone and uh we could actually be a prosperous and free country and i think the robert Kraft craft incident is essentially proof of what that theory was that if we had enough money that we could actually afford to show up in court and fight back against the government um there's going to be a lot of instances where they can't just bully us and they turn out to be wrong so i want to get into some of the particulars of the robert Kraft case and why exactly he got off and here's one of the quotes so um the prosecutors who had uh evidence of robert Kraft getting uh blown by an asian whore so they were trying to not just i guess 
have this evidence in court. They even wanted to release it to the public. I don't understand why the government needs to record people being, you know, having sex with Asian whores and then release it to the public. Like, that's the thing. They need to get out there. It's not old CIA files or the truth of the NSA or any of this other stuff. It's like, listen, we're finally, we're going to give you guys the real inside story. No, it's not Bigfoot or the lies of global warming, but we've got the the Robert Kraft getting blown tapes. Finally, the government transparency you guys were all looking for. So prosecutors were arguing that Kraft lacked a legitimate claim to an expectation of privacy. And I think that's reasonable. Like, I know when you're at a parlor, everyone wants videos of them banging Asian footage. <laughs> that's what you go there for. It's like when, uh, as a kid, when you rode those roller coaster rides and they got that picture of you going over the hill with the, with the sloppy hair, making the weird faces. That's what you want. You want to be able to leave the place and go, hey, let's watch the video and go, oh, man, look at my dumb face. So, uh, but that got thrown out. Actually, the judge ruled all massage parlor customers have a reasonable expectation of privacy under the U.S. Constitution, regardless of whether or not they went there for a lawful massage, which is good news because, like, if they ever barge in on you, you know, and you're getting a little handy in the back by some Asian lady, you could scream like, hey, I have a reasonable expectation for privacy and maybe quote this court law. I don't really know how that works, but I, I'm pretty sure the judge ruled in uh, the favor of those seeking hand jobs, which sounds like a win. Uh, now, here was another really shit move that these cops were pulling. So I guess within the video footage, they weren't quite able to identify the suspects or the identity of who was getting jerked off at these um, massage parlors, and they're really going after people. They really want to make sure that nobody's getting a handy in the back of a massage parlor. So what they do is they would follow your car for you know a couple stoplights, miles, whatever amount of distance it was before they would pull you over. They'd pull you over with the old, hey, your tail light's out, or hey, you ran a light back there, or whatever it is. They would just pull you over for some nonsense, and then once you're pulled over, they're able to see that identification. Now they can verify your identity. They can cross-reference, hey, this vehicle walked, male walked out of the massage parlor, got into his car, drove off. We are able to verify his identity. Now they know who was there, and they can match you up against the footage. So they also ruled that that was illegal because they couldn't pose, uh, they... They had no reason to be conducting these routine traffic stops other than to illegally figure out the identities of these people. Um, But, you know, another shit move that they were pulling that if it wasn't for the fact that Kraft had enough money to push back, they probably would have gotten away with it. So here was another statement about the incident. So they said, uh, this is the prosecutors, (coughs) the massage parlors were shut down and several women were charged with pocketing hundreds of thousands of dollars from running prostitution houses. And it sounds to me like these prosecutors are taking a stand against women's empowerment. You know, here you have honest, hardworking, hardworking women trying to run an honest business, and the state of Florida is uh, taking a stand against it, taking hundreds of thousands of dollars out of the pockets of hardworking women. And uh, here's actually audio of one of the owners who was on um, NPR earlier this week. So let's give that a listen. Yeah, I'm trying to rent out women's vaginas. And it's not like the early 90s when there was blow and finance guys and you could fill a vagina in minutes at top rates. This is a hustle. Filling vaginas? Need a new customer every 30 minutes. You know hotel rooms? That's an easy business. It's one fill for the entire night. You want a tough job? Try filling these vaginas. Short rental. And I got women. They want work. 
And then lastly, they said officials said their efforts were aimed in part at targeting suspected human trafficking at the massage parlors. They pointed to state health department inspections, suggesting that sex workers from Asia were living at the businesses. But then after conducting further research, they found out that's just how these Asians like to live. Um, So, you know, that was kind of not a good showing for these investigators. They had to come out and say that they would be uh, more sensitive about foreign cultures in the future. And, uh, you know, I get it. They're cops. They don't interact with minorities. They didn't know these things. So hopefully this was a learning incident for everybody. All right. Next news story that I want to highlight is um, I thought this was hilarious. It was about the Oculus building in uh, down by uh, in the Wall Street area in New York City. Now, what's interesting about this Oculus building is that it looks like I don't know. It looks like a, a, a corpse out of a Godzilla movie or something. It's this big, imposing, ugly building that you, it couldn't look more out of place. If you go down to the World Trade Center, uh, you want to touch the bull's balls, which, <laughs> let me tell you, it used to be easier access to those bull's balls. I remember a couple years ago wanting to go down there, touch that thing for good luck, and can't say that it brought me a lot of good fortune. But, you know, you make the pilgrimage once, you do that. And uh, it used to be there wasn't a lot of tourists down there. Now that that bull, that, that thing is crowded. There's people coming from all around the world trying to touch those nuts. It's not easy. You almost got to, like start doing lines and giving out like tickets, some sort of carnival thing. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyways, if you ever go down there to touch the bull's balls, I don't know why else you would go down to uh, the financial district. Not probably the least fun area in all of New York City, except I've heard that might be a good area for picking up some crazy hot chicks when they get out of their stressful jobs. And I think that's an underrated, underutilized market, but we'll have to explore that another time. So anyways, you ever go down to the Wall Street area, you got this giant building. It's called the Oculus. It's 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 ugly. It's out of place. And not only is it ugly and out of place, it's the least functional building thing you've ever seen. They built like basically these giant projectile uh, unbuilt wings that just kind of these like it's it's a big ugly sculpture. Uh, sculpture of metal that just extends into the air for absolutely no reason, which is, you know, I, I guess if you're going to waste money on uh, public infrastructure, at least give me a nice statue, some columns, one of those great thinky things with a small penis to make us all feel better about ourselves, something like that. Or a fountain. I like a nice fountain. Fountain seems to, you go to Washington Square Park, that seems out to bring out good vibes in people. But the skeleton thing, it's not like it's getting random drug dealers or, or uh, players on their flutes or all those other things that <laughs> you can enjoy in Washington Square Park. So anyways, $3.9 billion they spent on this building. And now... I, I don't even think it's been open that long. You got you to gotta research that one yourself. But I don't think it's been open that long. And now there's a $32 million uh, skylight that, that's leaking. And they tried duct taping it. They tried one guy was watching that infomercial for the Flex Seal. And he decided he, w- he was going to, you know, tape it up. And maybe that would work. And they spent, you know, a lot of money on that. It's not working. And I think this is the old, like, if it actually served a purpose then there would be profit behind it, and you would fix it. It's like if it was a piece of factory equipment, because you invested in factory equipment, and then you weren't able to build your cars, even if it was $32 million to replace, you know, you'd be making profit from it, so you'd go fix it. That's what's odd about these government, you know, infrastructure projects, is, you, you, like, I mean, bridges maybe, but I guess you, you build something like this, which is just some big old stupid dumb building for no reason, and you're already over budget, and then all of a sudden you need a repair, and people are like, well, we didn't really even need this stupid skylight. All right. Now, next story I want to highlight is I almost never read the New York Times. Um, Usually I see the headlines and I just know that they're wrong. Or you read a couple sentences and you just start getting angry because you know that it's total nonsense. But this is a story I can get behind. The title for the story, 
was the case for doing nothing. So already that that piqued my interest. I don't even know how I came across this. I don't read the times, but I saw the case for doing nothing, and I was like, "All right, I'm into it." So it starts. Stop being so busy and just do nothing. Trust us. There's no way out of the madness, and it's not more mindfulness exercise or a healthy diet. What we're talking about is doing nothing, or as the Dutch call it, Nixon. And is there anything better than when you can just put a foreign word on something? Like it just makes it sound so classy. I wish I knew this as a as a kid. Can you imagine? Like you're sitting around. My dad used to yell at me, you know, at the house like, "Quit dilly dallying," because I didn't want to do my homework and I would just walk around. I'm exactly the same person. They probably should have gotten me some meds and helped me out, but instead they screamed at me for dilly dallying. And you know what I did? I continued to dally. I continued to dilly. Now I'm just a dilly dallying expert, putting out podcasts on the wrong days with the wrong, you know, stuff in it. But let's not. We're, we're over that. We don't have to dwell on that anymore. So anyways, you got this thing which is called Nixon, so let's all adapt it. Let's be culture. Let's be classy here. If you're ever wasting time, people tell you you're wasting time, you're like, no, I'm practicing what the Dutch call <laughs> Nixon. Are the Dutch, like, particularly cultured, or are we just stealing a word for something? I don't know. The people tell me. I- I'm asking you. I like those, uh, I don't know much about the Dutch. All right, anyways, more practically... <laughs> The idea of Nixon is to take conscious, considered time and energy to do activities like gazing out of a window or sitting motionless. So I can get behind this. But then the article took a bit of a turn for, uh, I'm going to say, the interesting. So here it goes. Keeping busy, running from place to place, and laboring over long to-do lists, having increasingly become ways to communicate status. I'm so busy because I'm just so important, the thinking goes. And I got to be, I do that. Dude, not only do I do that. I will literally waste time being busy trying to come up with things to be busy with. That is 100% a thing. Hey, you want to? No, I'm too busy, man. Like there's something about the competitive nature of life these days and the amount of things that I think I'm supposed to be on top of that I feel guilty if I'm not constantly involved in some sort of a activity towards improvement, which I understand I'm describing being highly neurotic. And believe me, I waste a shit ton of time. I waste so much time. But there's that other part of my brain which just goes, you're not allowed to waste time. You got to be busy. Or if you're not busy, you got to at least pretend like you're busy. Always look busy. And that's because... We live in a pretty competitive landscape or that is become like as opposed to uh, maybe since I don't have wealth and I like to pretend like I am living the high growth model where it's I'm heavily invested in certain tasks. So therefore, if I can portray like I'm insanely busy, it seems like I'm actually working towards goals and that maybe uh, I'm actually an interesting person. The point is. I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, you guys kind of called me on my bullshit. You're kind of right about this. But anyways, I want to further explore what it is culturally. And by the way, I hate these articles when they start describing millennials and I'm like, fuck, that's me. I'm that person. I'm exactly the garbage person that they're describing. So anyways, so why are millennials bent on being workaholics? Even though the economy has improved markedly in recent years, young people in the workforce today have record levels of student loan debt. They're also likely than previous generations to earn more, I'm sorry, less likely than previous generations to earn more than their parents, according to a Stanford University report. The percentage of children who are better off than their parents has dropped dramatically. 50% of those born in the 1980s have a higher standard of living than their parents compared with 90% of those born in the 1940s. So what they're finding is that millennials are extremely anxious and hardworking, and it's because there isn't 
as much opportunity for economic prosperity. And we are kind of competitive people. We're all interested in status. We saw what our parents achieved. And since you don't have the same kind of spark of economic growth, we're all kind of like, fuck me, fuck, fuck, fuck. And we've got that thing going. Uh, And there's a little bit of what they're calling burnout. Now I want to point you to another article that I read in the Wall Street Journal that I thought was very interesting. It was called Boomer Bequest is Millennial Misery by Chad Crow. So this is um, just part of the article. It was also in the opinion section. The decades to come, the boomers' fiscal choice threatens to constrain severely our political options. The long-term problem is federal debt, including debt owned to the Social Security Trust Fund. It is now around 105% of gross domestic product. Those are claims that millennials and their descendants will eventually have to pay, largely to fund social transfers to the boomers that they weren't willing to pay themselves. Worse, some 75% of federal spending over the next decade will happen on autopilot without any intervention from elected lawmakers. Most of that is Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, along with interest on the debt. Unless Congress finds the political will to enact a substantial overhaul of these programs, millennials will have hardly any latitude to act on their own fiscal priorities. Weave these strands together, and the tapestry that emerges emerges depicts an enormous heist in which boomers stole a decade from their millennial children. The boomers' combination of naive, panic, and negligence buried millennials in trouble, digging our way out, will be our primary economic and political challenge. Um, So I guess the point is, you know... The, the people, they fucked us over. So if you're running around in circles feeling miserable or feeling like you got to work your dick off to try and get ahead, um, you know, you're not the only one. There's, there, You're part of an entire generation, and that's why the Rob's Newsroom Podcast is here to coach you on the best possible sandwiches that you can eat to help cope with your anxiety, move forward with life, live the best version of what you can do. And by the way, we're taking new applicants for um, for our new graduate coursework in, you know, sandwich expertise certification. I think as the world becomes uh, harsher to live in, as we, you know, combat global warming, as people increase their, their misery, um, there's going to be more people out there looking for quality sandwiches as an option for dealing with the harshness of life. And, you know, the experts that have graduated from us, I think those are going to be the people that people look to. So make an investment in your financial future. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, Get in early because, you know, this might develop into a bit of a Ponzi scheme. So at the moment, it's not very expensive to enroll. It's it's very reasonable. Uh, If you want the details, you just email us, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. We're here to help you out. Not only are we going to coach you into uh, what some of the most delicious sandwiches are, uh, where you can find the ingredients, you get to personally consume everything that you're eating so you get to enjoy it and then later down the road you're going to be able to actually sell this expertise to other people um, who are panicking about um, you know situations that are going on in their life Uh, and now with that being said we're going to check in with our good pal Yosef Feldstein so uh, let's see if we can get him on the phone what's up Yosef glad that we could have you back on and uh, with your full attention this is a real honor to have you joining us on the podcast it's all of me. That's you get cool. all of me. So tell me what what's with these new sexy glamorous glasses you got? What's the story behind you them? You know, you finally you have just me and you finally decide to notice what what I'm wearing. These are new glasses as of 2 months ago, Rob. These are the glasses that I got at the uh um after I, <laughs> I had that doctor's visit at the pediatric optometrist. 
Oh yeah, I remember. I yeah, yeah, you did tell us about that. You know why I didn't notice them? Usually there isn't such a glaring reflection in the lenses. So on this particular <laughs> week, it's just they're more noticeable than other. Like I just, you know, someone just scored a basket. I get it. You got money on the game. You gotta, you gotta stay involved. You gotta watch your investments. You got kids and mouths to feed. So I get it. I'm not, I'm not upset at you. I'm, there's not one out of me that's upset. <laughs> what? It's funny because I was wa- I was watching uh, basketball last week when I was on also, and you didn't even notice my glasses then. Well, it's I, okay. I, you I, know? Think, I think the lighting was different, and um, you know, <laughs> listen, I'm just I I, I get it. Well, Everyone, thank you. It's like you're, being it's like being a method actor. Uh, you can't get in the zone without having it in, on in front of you. I get it. So I'm just happy that you're at full attention with all the all the all the tools that you need to enjoy the Run Your Mouth podcast. So first is. You ate some soup tonight. I want to hear about the soup. I did. Eat. Let's hear about it. Let's I, hear There's <laughs> a little, little, uh, little soupy burps arising out of my belly and uh, just made me think of soup. And I always forget, are you a soup guy? Uh, as of late, you know, every once in a while I've been uh, stopping at some places for lentil, some lent, some hot lentil soup. And I've been thinking, you know, I've kind of slept on the whole soup thing. Like I I I, yeah, I don't soup is great. I don't like soup because I've said this before. I, I sides are for suckers and appetizers piss me off. I want to eat like if I if I show up to your house and you serve me soup before a meal, I'm out. But if you serve me soup as the meal, but like if I go over to your house and yeah. you just serve me soup, that might be a mother. Like you got to let me know in advance. If you just invite me over for dinner and you go, hey, I cooked up the soup. I'm like a little bit like, oh, this guy went cheap on me. Or if you invite me over for soup, I'll come over and be like, all right, we'll spend a half an hour together and eat some soup. But if I show up with like, you know, a case of beer thinking I'm sitting down for, you know, a home cooked meal and someone just puts out some soup, we got a problem. But this, there, there's soups that could be a meal. Yeah. But like, like you, you know, what, they could like, yeah, you get you with all angles. All right. So, you know, it's a really good soup. That uh, would qualify as a meal. I'm not going to say who makes it, but I know somebody makes this really good curry soup with big, slight, like big chunks of beef in there, like full on big ass Man. chunks of beef. That's a winner. I've also had like a meat minestrone soup. That's good. And I love, I love Italian good- wedding soup. Italian yeah. wedding soup. Is that what? Is that, is that's that a meal unto that? itself. Now I love. I love a good a good chicken soup with a matzo ball in it. But if I go over to your house oh, and you're God. serving that to me, it, like that's dinner. We got a problem that that that's not that's not going to work. You I totally change. disagree. We've had we have <laughs> there have been times where there's chicken ball, chicken soup and matzo balls that were supposed to be like pre dinner. Yeah, and like we don't even get to the main course. So yeah, you know, and like like because if you're eating it with like some challah, some bread, some nice, you know, it's like you're done. Like that's all you need. Especially when it's like there's a lot of chicken in there, you got you, you got to view the whole package. Yeah, I guess it, it is kind if of the ratios. If you give me what's a, like a big ass pieces of chicken in there, then I guess yeah, if I, like yeah, it's the ratios. If, if it's like filled with chicken and you have two matzo balls in there, and there's like a bunch of parsnips and and carrots and and all that jazz, that's a fucking meal. But if it's Auschwitz broth, you know, I want a refund. Oh yeah, if it's just like that watery, like uh, yeah, that's not that that shouldn't even be considered soup. The other day I got so, uh, like I had a split pea. 
Okay, I'm not a huge fan of split pea. You put hot dogs in there? That's always split interesting. Pea, hot dog or sausage what? and a split pea soup. What are you crazy? I don't I don't eat hot dogs very often. <laughs> not a big hot dog guy. Not a big split pea soup fan. Super. However, hot dogs and split pea soup is a classic for garbage people, and it's delicious. <laughs> I gotta try that because I want to see what uh what the garbage people are eating. No, it's a good mix. Um, split pea soup with some hot dogs in it. It's nice. But you gotta right. you gotta cut I'll it up it into uh like the like little circle pieces like like you wouldn't want to slice it the long yeah, way yeah, that would I be understand. weird you want to slice it into circles. Uh, Who would ever slice a hot dog the long way? This is like food. let's dice up some hot dogs. Well, or, or you, Julianne <laughs> some hot dog. You could so slice. Like, who, who in their right mind would do that? <laughs> I seem to be uh. The soft... Raptors just tied it up. If you're interested. Uh, oh, Robert. good. I got money on the game too. Uh, <laughs> I seem to have recently developed allergies. Is that something that you suffer from at all? This is the origins of the Run Your Mouth podcast, by the way. Was what you telling me about your allergies or soup? Remember the soup. remember when like every, every like three to six months I'd come in like and I was just like dying because the seasons changed. Oh, I thought that was just the Rob's newsroom aura. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the laundry. Me, my reaction. Yeah, the laundry. My reaction to your room. <laughs> the buildup of laundry is toxic. I would think all the years with just mildewy laundry sitting around, I would be able to handle and weather any climate elements or, you know, mixed pollens. But apparently my respiratory system is not as strong as what my training would have led me to believe. Um, well, it sounds like a little seasonal allergies you got there. I think if it, you're developing some allergies, you know, as, as the, the cold and the hot kind of bounce off each other and roll into New, new, uh, I don't know, outdoor arrangements. I don't know. Now, yeah, I seem to have a bit of Unless a cough. You're saying you're, you're just getting like uh, reactions to things you're eating. Maybe. I don't know. I just seem to, <laughs> I seem to have a bit of a cough and it's worse the more I spend time in the gas digital basement. Anyways, I got a chicken and egg question for you when it comes to allergies. I always thought people got allergies. They were just whiny people. Like they were just, you know, it was for the not cool people. If you were affected by your climate, you're just not cool. And you're kind of given into like little things and playing into it until you become the whiny kid. Yeah. You're just becoming that whiny. Yeah. You might inhale or I can't breathe. And then you poke at him. We all remember that kid in high school. (laughs) So, But now, or so is it that like you're whiny and neurotic and so you kind of inflict these things upon yourself or is it because there's something wrong with your genetics that you end up with things like allergies that turns you into a neurotic person? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. Like did your personality Um, spawn these illnesses because of your like, or is it, you know, like is it because of your very essence and nature? Yeah. I think, I think. It's, it's more, the allergies are real and then it's just, so that's, that's what comes first. And then it's just, you know, your personality and how you handle things, which like defines how, how much it's, it rears its head essentially, or how much like it's complained about or affects you. Right. Like you could, you could easily... Um, 
kind of you can either lean you know, into it, it off. you can yeah, lean or into like it, or you can, it yeah or you can toughen up a little bit. whether like oh, this is annoying as fuck but like i'm not gonna let it affect my day-to-day or you could be like all right this is annoying as fuck and i'm i'm just gonna like check out because of it you know right now this is very ADD of me, but the other day when I was eating lentil soup, I had it with like a really high end, like small, like elegant olive, you know, like olive roll. And I was, I was dipping that into the lentil soup. Excellent combination. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got like uh, a nice rustic bread. Exactly. A, a, like a yeah, yeah, very yeah. crusty. You know what, you know yeah, what though? I got this is one of my worst character traits and or maybe you won't see it this way but when I buy food usually I'm within 5 blocks of my desk and if I just get to my desk with the food I can sit down and eat like a mensch I never walk out of a place without food and don't just eat it well like I cannot wait that f- I I need it now I just ordered this I mean and I know I would enjoy it more if I sat down and ate it like a human being but I can't I don't have enough self control that once I bought the sandwich to even, I even did that once. I went with someone, uh, like to a place, and we got out of the restaurant. Like we're walking to the car, and I just, and he's like, "You're a fucking animal." I'm like, well, "We're waiting to, you know." Wait, he's like, you like finished it before you even got there. No, not quite. But I was just, car? I was like, I, I, you know, it's that atticy thing. You're like, I'll just take a bite or two. I'm gonna take a bite or two, and then I'll, I'll save the rest for when we when we get back and we sit Never it down won. like people. No, of course not. Never won. If anything, you get to the car. Like, All right, we gotta go back for another one. So I got one that I can eat with you when we get there. You know. <laughs> Would you say is yeah. that is that that to me is a bad character trait? What what's what's your no, take you know, on that? I think what you need to do in that situation, you kind of like again, if you're the thing is, you're not such like a side guy. Like I would say, like oh, get like a small fries or something for the walk. Oh, that's that's the opportunity for appetizers. You have the appetizer yeah. before you get to your or destination. Get like, so when you get to your get destination, like a, you're in round two. Yeah. Yeah, like kind of like order, I don't know, some mozzarella, uh, some some sort of shit like to tide you over, but it doesn't dip into the main a thing that you got. You got a pre-meal. Yeah. A pre-meal for the walk. Or it's like, uh, yeah. Maybe they should actually that's, like. That's some, some fat fuckery for you. I think instead of an appetizer, there should be a, like, a, like a category in the menu called the walkover meal. Which is specifically for people who are too impatient for delivery, and so they make sure to actually go to the restaurant. But then they know that you're not going to actually get back to your destination with your food intact, so they have the walkover meal for your walkover. Or even just like, uh, like as we said before, like pre-meal items. That actually sounds like like premium, like pre-meal items. Pre-meal. That sounds much better it than sounds, walkovers. That sounds like you step on it. <laughs> it sounds like Passover. Pre-meal sounds a little bit like it's made for babies, though. It sounds like baby food. I don't know why. No, it's like, it's like the pediatric. precursor to... Like, I would have on... What would I put on that menu? Obviously, like some... Sliders. You can't have... Like, yeah. Little uh Gotta be finger... Um, like finger food, chicken fingers, sli- like all your... Almost your kids' meal. Hot dogs... Yeah, hot dog in a yeah, yeah, like things you can just kind of scarf down while you're walking, like a like a mini, like or a miniature version of what your actual meal is. Like, so if you get a full sub, it's kind of like the slider version of that. It's like it's like a mini sub kind of thing. And yeah, oh, maybe you like get 
kind of like the scraps of the sandwich. Oh, like let's say you're getting like pastrami and they're it. slicing it up. They give you the scraps like, on the side. Leftover. It's like, oh, you know what? Like this was just kind of off the end. Snack on this for the walk. That's genius. That is genius. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to lo- <laughs> lose that like food anyways. It like kind of, I don't know, promotes good feeling between the shop and the and the customer. Yeah. You're, you, you feel like you're getting like a little extra freebie. It's really no skin off their back. That's like in, Everyone uh, in Golan when uh, my friend used to work there and he gave us the sliced ends of the lafas, which were delicious. It was like the crust. You, 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 that you sounds ever- more like. You were like too poor for a meal, and they like, gave you the yeah, five cents. Like, yeah, he's like it was like his charity to you, as so, opposed to the reason we hopped into this topic is the meal. even when I bought this soup with the bread dip, I ate that on the walk, and that that's not that's a not whole a, soup? that's not you were a, eating soup. I mean, it was walking? it was like a you know a mini cup of soup, and I was just drinking the soup and eating the bread, and then dipping oh, and eating the man. bread and drinking the soup, and you're just oh, like, Robbie, this is, "What are we gonna do with you? <laughs> this is too compulsive." So even even <laughs> even when you had it wasn't even like a bullshit soup. It was it was like a like, nice like a lentil like a nice. But it was from a like a gourmet supermarket, you know, where they have those Ooh. pre-made soups, and you just to oh, put okay. it into its to-go cup kind of thing. It wasn't like a restaurant soup, if that makes a difference. Real chunky, too. It's not like a watery soup. Real real heavy on the lentils. Okay. Mm, you still... I feel like soup needs to be eaten, kind of sitting no, sitting down in the night. I know. I'm saying that that's how bad of a habit that, like, that is... <laughs> That is fucking insanity that even a bowl of soup, like, can you imagine taking a bowl of cereal to go just walking with a bowl? Like there's some things it's like, but you got to get your shit together. Like just wait till you, and this is within four blocks of where my office is. It's really not that crazy. And by the way, it's, it's not like I haven't eaten in three or four days. (laughs) It's not like I just ended my fast. (laughs) Which... (laughs) Which brings me, <laughs> which brings me to my next topic, which I think it, it might, which might be a product of eating in the streets. But I've experimented recently. What the fuck is that? Is that a hair? No. Is that a hair or a bug? I thought it was a spider hanging off of the, like, uh, oh, whatever it is, it's power fucking... cord. But it seems to be hair. Oh, that's fucking. Ugh. That's really gross, dude. Um. <laughs> I've recently you tried. Should, you should, that, that's probably the tenth grossest thing that's happened in my house in the past four hours. Okay, name, name, name. Top ten. Let's go. Henry. Well, six of the t- top ten involved Henry spitting up on me. Okay, what he spit up? Milk? Say, Chicken? Formula. Oh, okay. Just gross and like. It, there was one where it was like this explosion of. Why aren't you uh, just like? Why aren't you feeding the kid titty why milk? Aren't I, yeah, that's the, the sensitive topic. Okay, you don't have to answer it, but sensitive. It just uh, I, I not mean, uh. You want, it wasn't. It wasn't shy this time around. You want. You want proof. Formula. I know the form is easier, but like you want proof of the fact that it's bad for babies. I don't think babies throw up tit milk. They do throw up formula. Oh, they do. They throw up tit milk. No, they throw up tit milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It, Maybe your it, wife's got like spoiled less, titties. 
It's it's spit up doesn't have anything to do with like rejecting the <laughs> you asshole. Of course it does. You're poisoning your baby. I care for Henry. I want his lovely cock to grow into a beautiful adult male membrane. You're you're pumping these uh, pharmaceutical uh, chemicals from big milk. What what's the name of the company? Dyson Darson. What's the name of the company on your? What what kind of formula are you feeding this kid? Gerber Kirkland. Kirkland? Costco, you're just going to give them, you're not even going to go high end on the formula. The fuck is in formulas? Did they, they, they like load it up with protein and, and testosterone? It's like a ton of fucking minerals and vitamins. All right. Maybe these scientists know what to feed babies. Can I, I think so. Would it be of good? The first, the first two ended up all right. And also he, it makes him sleep better. I don't all right. know. What the fuck? And, and also like. It's only because there's no titty milk to go around, Mike. I get just, it. It's been drained. Yeah. The younger ones drained it all out. Motherfuckers. Okay. So they didn't, they didn't even get that. Number five. We'll just do a top five. Top five. Number five. Henry, uh, Henry puked on you. Now, did he puke on like right into your mouth, Everything. onto your face, into your shirt? All down my arm, <laughs> onto my clothes, into my crotch, on the couch, in the crevices of the couch. It just, it just, and you didn't just sometimes we're like, you didn't I'm just, like holding him on my, on my shoulder. And then like, I'll just hear like a big spit up smack the floor. Like, oh, and then like see a big pile. Like, my, yeah, yeah. It's pleasant. Then there was, <laughs> I'm surprised you don't I just leave. Say this was, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't right. think no, I can do that. No, number two. Um, number two. What else? What else happened in this uh, stuff? This is not really gross, but like uh, Emma, she just came out of nowhere covered in, I don't even know how this happens, but like her, her face and her hands were like covered in chocolate. And we're like, what the, what did you have? Like, and it's just like, it looked like it was like dripping off of her. And she said all she had was a granola bar, like a chewy bar. Uh, she's lying. It's like, they're literally like 10 yeah, cho- yeah. tiny chocolate chips, but she manages to melt every single one individually, like all over her face. No, that's that's when you got to sit her down and break up a chewy bar, eat, pull out every single one of them. With like every, no, yeah. Pull literally pull it apart, put every single one of the little chalk and go, I know you're lying to me. Let's do the math. Now. Come on. I'm going to rub all this on my face. We're going to compare the amount of chocolate on my face, to the amount of chocolate on your face. Clearly that's not an equal level of chocolate. Where are you getting this chocolate and how are you rubbing it all over yourself? I want some answers. You, you know, it, she, she's very impressive in terms of the getting food all gross on her. Um, M&M's like they're supposed to not melt. They're known not melt. What is it? Melt in your, melt ma- in your melt mouth, in your, mouth your, hand. your hands. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. She's, she's the only person on planet earth that it doesn't, that instantly like it melts in her hands. She must All have right. like, I don't know, like fire hands. I don't know. All right. Fair enough. Whatever. So um, what got else? puked on, got kid covered in chocolate. What else are you doing? Um, Give us one more. Yeah. One I more gross thing. Yeah, gross shit happens around here. Oh, they're just a t- the reason I thought it was a spider is because there have been ants that have been coming you're o- in. You're overrun by everywhere. ants. Child services, yeah. if you're out there, he's feeding something to his kids that are making them puke. The other one is so neglected, she's just being found covered in chocolate, and the house is overrun by ants. So, all right. There we go. Anyways. 
I'm confronting an adult problem that I think maybe you have some advice for me for. I find What's here? jeans are a great You're pants. You're like a small child. Jeans are a great pants. I like wearing jeans. But the problem is summer comes around and it gets a little too hot for jeans, especially I ride my bike into work or on a rainy day. Ooh. Once you sweat up your jeans, it's a problem. So jeans are not a also, summer once, pant. Once rain hits it, it turns the jeans into like a whole another animal. Because they don't dry real like quick, it, then you gotta wash it, yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, jeans are jeans are like and they stink. They yeah, stink. yeah, yeah. It's almost like rain. Uh, it's almost like it the way wool like gets it. wet and starts just having like smelling like the sheep. But jeans aren't that. But the point is, if you go out in khakis and it rains or like there's even a drizzle, but you're, you're fine after a little bit, you get yeah. wet in your jeans. It's not pleasant. So I've been experimenting with newer pants. I try and get some lightweight pants. Last year, I got some really good like biking pants. They're real thin. I got a black and a gray, but I wore them out. I got to replace them. But I've experimented with like not dark colored pants. (coughs) I got my dark jeans and then I also have like my black pants. But I've recently experimented with like some nice blue pants. I really like like an olive green pant. I like an olive green pant. But I'm finding every time I try a pant that's not just black or jeans, I get about two usages till I drop something in the crotch area that permanently stains them. I've had this happen to like three pairs of pants now. How are people wearing colored pants? What what, what am I doing wrong here? Maybe it's because I'm eating in the street. I don't know. But you tell me. Do you you have khakis? Like they never last for me. They're like one time use. (laughs) They're disposable. Um, I find that like where in the shirt department where it seems like every single, like every other shirt that I get, like within like the first two or three usages, it's gone. It's one. Like, yeah. 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 And then it's like, uh, like, like I still have to wear this, but like, there's this like faint stain. Uh, it's yeah. A fucking mess. Mine always look, yeah. they're, they're always crotch stains that just look a little bit too much like you jizzed yourself. It's not enough to look like urine, <laughs> but it looks like, like I, I'm always impressed by these women with the white pants. I would wear them once and it would just, I would look like a human period. It would happen to me every time. I oh, just, sure. yeah, I don't have good clean would pants. Like, marinara sauce would just be like, <laughs> all <laughs> because you wouldn't be able to resist bringing the pizza slice off of the the counter that it was served on before eating it. All right. That's all. You'd be like eating it out of the oven. That's all that I had to discuss for this week. Oh, I got one last question for you last week. I, I, and I, I have already discussed this in this episode, but I, I still, I'd like your feedback on this particular problem last week. All right. I spent a fair amount of time editing what was supposed to be the run your mouth podcast. Then I go to post the show and somehow as a blunder, after all my hard work, I post the just original audio file. Now the original audio file literally includes me going to Mike Harrington. Okay. Here's where we're going to edit in this conversation. Just blank space. This conversation about tech problems, like what's clearly not supposed to be the episode. That's what the people want. This show is what the people want. No, they don't want that. This show is so fucking weird. People thought we were doing a bit. And now I'm wondering, is anyone even listening to that? Like, how did nobody call in or write in or whatever just to be like, what the fuck is this? Or do they really not care? 
or is that actually more interesting? Like you tell me, yes, what's, what's what your saying. takeaway? I, my takeaway is there's sometimes maybe it's not every single time that people want to hear this, but like once in a while, I think like the raw, uncut, just like kind of behind the scenes type stuff is a little intriguing. All right, uh, before I before I let you go, any anything else? Uh, we only got a couple minutes here because, uh, you know, but anything else you wanted to let us know about? Nah. All right. There you go. Eat more soup. Uh, next week, tell me about another soup. Try the Let's hot dog see. thing. Can you commit to trying the hot dog and split pea soup? Uh, I could see going like uh, one of those like. Let me ask you this. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. Let's settle okay, this right now. Sausage, maybe. Do I would put s- sausage in that. Sausage sounds excellent. Do you still have. <laughs> some slippy soup left over from dinner no i finished it why oh no you left- think but I- no leftover because i was gonna say you for sure have hot dogs in your freezer you could run like a simple experiment here of maybe. microwaving a hot dog throwing that shit in the soup and just testing to see if maybe it would appeal to you a um i don't have hot dogs on hand b yeah this was second night of the soup Oh, so, so this I was, it <laughs> I got it. So this was already, uh, <clears throat> that was already a second night of the soup. All right. It was nice of you to join us. Hopefully we will have you back in person soon. That's my seat. Keep it warm. <laughs>